Welcome back to the Unanimous Decision Podcast. I am your host, D-Palm. Follow me on Twitter at D-Palm66. Follow the show on Twitter at UDPod. Follow the entire MTR Network at, you guess it, the MTR Network. You found us. Don't you dare lose us. Subscribe on iTunes. Subscribe on Spotify. Subscribe everywhere. You get your podcast for free 99. We're back. It's not a Felder Friday. He already ruined our lives the midweek um, with his vocal talents. Today, we've got a very uh, special guest here, Jason Kirk from the Shutdown Fullcast. How's it going, Jason? Hey, what's up? I am. Uh, I'm, I'm going to spend this entire time deciding which song to sing um, in in honor of Felder's vocal performance. Um, I'm not going to try to top him, but uh, I'll, I'll see if what I can do to carry on the lineage. That's a total lie. I'm. I'm. No one wants to hear me sing, so I'll. Uh, I'm I'll, just really I'll glad you're awake and you're here. Like that's. <laughs> and I just. Yeah. I, I, I want people to know that like. The Felder friendship experience is very much what you guys experience on that shutdown forecast. <laughs> like that's like occasionally I'll get a bunch of uh, videos about birds and then I don't hear from Felder for like six months. And then he calls me on a Monday and tells me a story about someone falling in this house. I'm like, okay, sure. That's that makes perfect sense. It was legitimately recording with him on the full cast a few weeks ago. It was like uh, we one of us got a text like five minutes before showtime, like, all right, ready to go on the way. Um, and then, you know, we start doing our usual jokes, like whenever someone's late, like, oh, maybe right. they drowned, you know, like the usual shit. And uh, about halfway through, we we're like, no, for real, can someone please confirm if he's okay, like before we publish this episode? And <laughs> luckily he was, and he ended up attacking. A lot of CYA end, so. during those jokes, like, you know, we're, we're joking, yes. but also someone needs to call the filter. Uh, server, uh, take a note, please delete this if, in fact, a horrible demise has befallen our friend. <laughs> I, I love the fact that I found the shutdown full cast through Hand in the Dirt, because I've known Felder for years. We were, we were in the same recruiting class at UNC. If I hadn't gone to Columbia, I would have played with Felder. Um, but I was on Hand in the Dirt, like, I guess, right when it started. And then I started listening. I heard Holly, and I was like, oh, this is great. And I heard Holly on Shutdown Fullcast. And now it's come full circle where you're going to sell your wares here on my podcast because we're heavy here, not just because you are part of the Internet's only college football podcast, but also because you wrote a book. Indeed, I did. Yes, I did. Uh, it is not about college football. It has a little bit of college football. Um, everything's about college football. Every, technically, everything is college <laughs> football. Everything is wrestling. Everything is religion. These Very are true. my three beliefs about uh, any subject. Uh, <laughs> it, it, has, it has maybe a page total of college <laughs> football stuff. The the 2001 Outback Bowl, South Carolina, Ooh. Ohio State, is on in the background in one scene. And it is nice. uh, relevant because... Uh, <laughs> So the book is a lot about, uh, in case anyone doesn't know, it's about like these kids who grow up in this very evangelical world. Um, they're very affected by religion. These are hardcore church kids um, who are also drawn toward normal things and funny shenanigans and stuff. And there's a night when uh, two of them, <laughs> due to, you know, having grown up in, uh, in, in all sorts of bizarre indoctrination machines, sort of like work themselves into a shoot to believe that they have missed the rapture. Um, and the first piece of evidence that confirms for them the following morning that they, in fact, did not miss the rapture is the Outback Bowl is on, and they look at the sidelines, and who should appear there but none other than a Christian man by the name of Lou Holtz. So if Lou Holtz wasn't raptured, surely nobody else was. All a right. man of that upstanding character. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. I am nervous about starting this book because I think I had an evangelical <laughs> adjacent upbringing like it's one of those things that like i'm about to unlock some doors aren't i i'm yeah. about to relive some things that i had i had i had squashed because 
I grew up like very much in the black church. Like very much, I, I did uh, preaching on King Day service one day as, as a teen. Like I wanted to be a preacher. And then as I say in my sandals, sometimes I hit my age of reason, 14, 15, and started asking questions. Mm-hmm. But I also went to like one of those schools in Atlanta that's sneaky evangelical. Mm-hmm. Like if you you're in the water long enough that you don't realize it's getting warmer, you're like, wait a second. Uh-huh. And um, yeah, I went to I went to Westminster. I don't know why I'm 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 lampshading that, but like, is this going to unpack like memories of young life stickers on cars? Oh yeah, like yeah. if <laughs> if we're going you young life, really then yeah, that's a uh, laser targeted direct hit. Um, oh, no. I've had a number of people reach out to say like, hey man, uh. I'm like two pages in. I got to take a break. And I'm like, I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. Take your time. We're going to get through this. We are going to get through this. And like, it, I, I've had people tell me like, I'm halfway through. I'm setting it aside, setting it aside for the weekend. I'll talk to you next week. Go cool. Good. Take your time. <laughs> take your it's, time. It's wild because this is the first weekend. This is the first Friday I've got coming up without my son. He's five and a half months old. And my wife's taking him down to Warner Robins to see her parents. And I'm like, great. I got a weekend just to hang out with myself and read this book. And how do I? My wife was raised sans religion, so like I'll make religious references, or we'll be playing Jeopardy over dinner, and I'll answer all the Bible questions. She <laughs> looks at me, he's like, "What is wrong with you?" I'm like, "I learned it, and I can't unlearn it." And right. so, whatever I currently believe or how I feel about the world, like I can't unlearn these things that were like just beaten into me. And now I'm staring down the barrel of the first like opening two sentences. I was like, "Well." All right, I'll, I started. I cracked it last night. I was like, I should get a couple chapters in before I talk to Jason. I read the first sentence. I was like, Nope, this is a weekend book. This <laughs> oh, is yeah, not a yeah. before bed book. Yeah, I um, there was the first sentence. It's um, it, it I I should have it memorized, but it don't. But I don't. But it's along the lines of a kid is showing up at a church that he's thinking about joining. He's a lof- lifelong church kid, but he's thinking about joining this church because it seems cool because his older brother works there or whatever. Um, and the first line is, I didn't know whether my dad had been in eternal conscious torment for six years, but I knew I wanted to play pickup football. So, and it's like, I, I had, there was a little bit of de- a debate during the edit process of like, are we hitting people too hard <laughs> right <laughs> right away? <laughs> like not even the first sentence, the first half of the first sentence. And it's just like, I want that contrast. I want that juxtaposition. I want the highs and the lows, all of it right away. First sentence. I like, I want people to know what they're in for, you know, like, yeah, we're going to, we're going to have some, like, these are normal kids. They just want to play sports in the sunshine. You know, they just want to make friends. And also they believe the afterlife is stalking them at this very second. And we're going to dig into what it means that both of those things are true at the same time. And I so, think that it's wild that people don't realize if you weren't raised around this, this is all very for like, my wife is very confused by me. My, my, my like trepidation around this book. And I'm like, I just, these people are everywhere. Like you've got to realize that these people grew up, they have jobs. They're everywhere. I will tell you a very funny story about a very famous person. who has a very famous job after this podcast, who was one of these people. Oh, but okay. I do have a question. So the two biggest challenges in comedy that I've seen just doing stand-up for like the last year and a half or whatever is I can joke about a politician and everyone laughs because politicians are inherently funny. But when I tell the religious jokes, there's some rooms where I'll get just a killing and some rooms it's like, oh, we're not there as a group. Okay. And then also football jokes. And this is a thousand percent true story. I'm out doing one of those holiday nonsense things you do for work in December and I'm sitting at a table with a gentleman who I don't know that well. And we're just making small talk. And he goes, I heard you played college football, which is a sentence that always goes like one of four unfun directions. Mm -hmm. 
And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's great. He goes, I love college football. I said, man, me too. But I think the thing about college football is we have to take it less seriously because it's literally the toy department. I prefaced the entire conversation with this couching. Like, I think football is funny. I enjoy it, but we should have, we'll have fun. And he said, oh, I couldn't agree more. Takes a beat. I'm a diehard Clemson fan. And Jason, <laughs> I should be more mature than I am. <laughs> but I prefaced it with like, hey, this is all fun to joke about. And I said, ah, well, I can't believe he's leaving. He goes, what do you mean? I go, well, they're paying the kids now. He told us once they paid him, he'd be gone. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. It's fair. And he, this man did not chuckle. I sat like steel. There's more behind that quote than you know. I'm like, I don't care. I don't want to know. I don't. <laughs> he does things for those kids that you would never. I'm like, sure. I, so I didn't want this. Them, and sure. So you've chosen to make your life making fun of what people in this region consider synonymous with religion like how do you continue to not only do that with football but also say you know what else i'm gonna do here's some religion for you here's some retrospective from religion with 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 the perspective of like a grown-up now yeah i mean i guess once you grow up in a uh in a in a worldview in a thought process that teaches you like the more it sucks, the harder it is, the worse it feels, the more more punishment you're delivering to yourself, the holier you are. You're like, I think I'm going to go piss off some Ohio State fans because <laughs> that, that will that will flagellate me closer to God. And then it's like, oh, man, I, I just I got I, I got to get more of that. I need some more of that feeling. <laughs> Who's even angrier than Ohio State fans? Let's go. Let's 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 tell as many people as we can what evangelicals are actually like. I bet that'll piss off some evangelicals. So <laughs> now ultimately the point, you know, ultimately it's not actually about trolling people, but uh, I mean, I'm just sort of psychoanalyzing myself here when, since you put it like that. And I'm like, you know, maybe I am a little bit of a glutton for punishment because I was told all along that punishment's very, very good for you. <laughs> well, you got your punishment through the book by writing a book for Ohio State fans. You just say their coach's name at them and let them go. You just say, Ryan Day, you step back. And they're just furious for 45 minutes. They don't even know why. Um, <laughs> So it's it's so much of religion is, I guess, it, it's it's interesting in the way the world's kind of unfolded where we've seen the things that we thought were like a little weird as kids become mm -hmm. like the leading um, the leading worldview for one particular political party. And you're just like, wait, these kids were weird in high school and now they're in charge of things. And I I I've seen the numbers. I do want to I, I want to give you a chance to talk about kind of the proceeds from the pre-sales and everything that's so important. Cause I think that what you did with the Trevor project is what I'm spoilers. I'm going to be at the live uh, show in, in Atlanta. I'm going to be doing some readings uh, with Jason and I'm getting a book there, but I, I, I bought a book and I bought another copy because I thought it was such a good um, decision that you made or, or, or call that you made up front to kind of activate the, the massive fast base fan base of the full cast. So tell us about the Trevor project and how you guys are working with them. Yeah, I appreciate all that. Thank you. And for anyone who has read it or will read it uh, soon and will be uh, there with us in Atlanta, uh, you are you are playing a Caleb, which is one of the prized prized roles. So we excited. have we have we have numerous indistinguishable youth group boys named Caleb, and uh, they <laughs> they are uh, probably my most unanimously beloved feels a little strong be liked characters <laughs> well, that was one of the reasons i felt like i had to read it this weekend because i was like i don't want to break on stage but like, what is this no it's too real uh, so i was I, i've been reading for years but it's, it's reading things that may actually strike me at the core i can't do that in front of people for the first time 
<laughs> so the Trevor project, um, honestly, I decided, you know, about halfway through this project when it's like, hey, I think I'm going to publish this and somebody will buy it and therefore I'll have at least $15. What do I do with those $15? Um, and I kind of just didn't want them because um, like the process of writing was completely therapeutic in ways that if I tried to talk about it, it would probably sound fake, but it, you know, it's totally real. Like it, it, when I go back now and I read the book, like literally the book that anyone else can read, I, it's like a document from some whole other brain. I'm like, oh my right. God, this is how I used to work before I did this. I put all that shit into these pages and now it's in the pages and not in my head. Like it very, very legitimately is that feeling. So I don't need this book to benefit me anymore because it already has done more than I ever could have asked. Um, if it is able to, you know, uh, make people laugh, make people think, make people cry. Okay, we'll take that. Um, you know, all that's great. But there's also something tangible. What do I do with those, at this point, a lot more than $15? Um, <laughs> I, so I knew I was going to give it away, and I never thought twice, uh, really, um, about who was going to get it. The Trevor Project, for anyone who doesn't know, they, uh, they work to eliminate self-harm among LGBTQ youth. And for anyone who grew up in our religious world, we know that you know the people who raised us are part of a large group of people who are uh, responsible for uh, a lot of the, the feelings that, that drive that self-harm. Um, you know, the, the system that raised us, right. I guess I should say. But uh, yeah, so ultimately it's about like, um, I was raised in this world. I was raised to, I was raised to be homophobic, right? Like I, I was designed to, to think that um, LGBTQ people are bad. And, and but, without 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 cutting you off for a second, it's not just the like you and I are a certain age where it was the culture, it was the yeah, monoculture yeah, yeah. of 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 we were all brainwashed in a certain way. Like it wasn't it was more directed and pointed, I think, in those circles. But this was a larger monocultural problem at the time. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, I mean, you know, like as a wrestling guy, I know I'm sure you go back and you watch '90s wrestling, and you're like, holy shit, these signs in the crowd. It's like homophobic stuff on it. You can't even, you know, I can't even go back and watch old wrestling because first of right. all, Vince McMahon's there. Secondly, it's like, oh. this is what it was like, you know? And like, honestly, writing 2000s era teenagers, it's like, how in the world do I depict these kids talking honestly without having slurs in every sentence? I avoid slurs creatively at times, but like, you know, I'm not putting that on the page, but like, it, it, yeah, like <laughs> we, the... The generation that we came from, it, it, the homophobia was everywhere, including church, and I would argue to a large extent driven by church. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so you know, to anyone who grew up within any uh, interlocking network of those queerphobic systems, um, yeah, ultimately I uh, I decided on you know the money's going to go to someone who is who is helping those people, um, and you know. Especially because a lot of those people grew up, you know, just like me, you know, a lot like you, like a, right a on, lot man. of. This is so. It's such a cool thing and decision that you made because for me, it is very rare. Like I, people will know this because they listen to podcasts. I don't make money off this podcast. I never have. This podcast for me is just. It started as like you said, therapeutic. Like I want to talk to. My, I lived in Philadelphia. I wanted to talk to my friends about sports. It was a good way to do it, and it just kind of snowballed from there. But it's. I think that it's really admirable that you took that long view of it and said, I don't need this. I didn't do this for this outcome. So let's pay this good thing forward. And it's very rare. Um, but a lot of religion and church is commitment to the bit. 
and there's nothing more committed to the bit than professional wrestling. I do want to ask you, yes, that's right. That's a horrible segue. Um, <laughs> a worse podcast wouldn't have had one. A better one would have made a better one. So we're right in the middle where we belong. Um, wrestling bona fides. What are your bona fides in wrestling? You said, you know, you grew up and you can't go back and watch now, but clearly we watched mm. then. So I, uh, my granddad got me into WCW in the... I'm not sure. I'm trying to remember. So I know we went to the Omni in Atlanta for stuff. Yeah. Uh, the precursor to Phillips Arena where the Hawks play. I know we watched monster trucks there. I can't remember if we went to a WCW event, but I know we watched WCW every week, me and my grandfather. Um, Ric Flair was his guy, which, okay, in hindsight, eh, but at the time, at the time, <laughs> the we time, thought he was just pretending time. to be a bad guy. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it, there, there, is a, there is a little bit of that in the book as well. Um, the The, like... The, the uh, beloved adult male figure is a Dusty Rhodes guy. So I, I updated that a bit to feel a little bit better. <laughs> um, but yeah, wrestling bona fides. I mean, I've watched it all my life. There you you know, I've been a fan all my life. Uh, I, was, I was, you know, big into it. Like the, the, the monoculture apex, you know, from that, that run from like NWO through mm -hmm. like The Rock leaving the first yeah. time, right? that like five year run that felt like five decades, you know, like in hindsight, we're like, how in the world did all that happen in just those few years? You know, like everything we think of is like, Oh, Stone Cold. He was probably there for like 60 years. All the stuff he did. No, it was like a couple. Dynamite has outlasted nitro. <laughs> wow. That's absurd. That's like, <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I wasn't so much into it in like the 2000s. And then um, when WrestleMania was here in Atlanta, it was, I actually took Spencer. It was the first time Spencer and I ever hung out was at WrestleMania, which like, what a first date that is, right? Like, we're, talk, we're, talking, we're talking Miz, Miz uh, Cena main yes. event, uh, yes. Rock. Stone Cold coming out on an ATV, yeah. the Miz entering to Nas. Um, <laughs> Triple H entering to Metallica, like it, 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 it's funny. You, you know, you go back and you read like the the WrestleMania rankings, and that was near uh -huh. the bottom. And it's like, well, okay, but it was one of the best the things building, I've ever I'll seen. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and since so, since my daughter is now old enough to have like you know opinions and preferences in pop culture yeah. and stuff, like she's 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 not like a hardcore fan, but anytime there are women wrestling on TV, she's like locked in. Um, she likes like the strong athletic women with big personalities. Like Becky Lynch is probably her favorite. Um, she saw Jordan Grace in the Royal Rumble. And she's like, yo, now that is a wrestler. <laughs> I've watched a lot of TV, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and we're going to WrestleMania. So it'll be her first WrestleMania. Oh. We're, we're going to Philly. Uh, and we got tickets to all the, a bunch of the little sideshows, the, um, big, big gay brunch and the, uh, nice. the, uh, there's a Japanese women's, um, it's Joshi, not stardom. Uh, stardom, not stardom, but, um, I know you're talking about, I know what you're yeah, talking yeah. about. It's but it's exciting. That's, that's one of the things that's so great about professional wrestling is because it's such a variety show and because WrestleMania is essentially homecoming for professional wrestling in America. Like, <laughs> oh, we don't book around WrestleMania, but you're going to show up to the big gay brunch. You're going to show up to all, you're going to be at Wally Mania. Like all these things happen. So it feels like the universe is kind of colliding. My wrestling path is very similar to yours. I was a WCW guy for years. And then I'm at finger poke of doom, hard camera side, <laughs> like five rows up. It's me, my wow. dad, some friends. And I watch it. And that was the moment I was like, oh, I'm out forever. And I walked away forever. And I was like, I tapped back in like, 
I was a, I was a mark for someone whose name you can't say on television anymore. Not Vince, but the other guy's name you can't say on television mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. And so I, of course, tapped back in when all that occurred. But like you with Spencer, I was sitting around my friend's bar in Atlanta, Red Door. Shout out to Steve Shimada. Um, and they were like, hey, we've got tickets to Mania today. Do you want to come? And I was just like, I, I don't know, man. It's been years. <laughs> I was like, why not? And we sat at literal at the top of the dome. And I watched every second of that. And I was just like, oh, no, it's happening. Oh, no. I'm back. <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> and then I, I think like, I re- like soon after I met my girlfriend and my wife, and we moved to Philadelphia, and I was bored, and I bought the 2K game, and it was over. And she was mm. like, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. I was like, yep. And now there are two belts <laughs> behind me, and those are just the cheap belts because the IWGP ones are downstairs. Like, it's it's become a problem. And I think that – what your daughter's picking up on is what I'm so excited about because when I tell people I like pro wrestling, I can, you know, whatever. I can defend it. I can talk about it. You know, it's not real. You know, the dragons in Game of Thrones also fake. Like, it's weird. And there's no Don't second tell taste. me that. Come on. Okay. Those are well, real. Spoilers, listeners. I apologize. <laughs> but it's, for me, it's like you said, it's the athleticism. It's the storytelling. People say, what's the match you show someone to make them a fan? Right now, mm-hmm. I show them Bailey Sasha from Brooklyn. Like, that's my, I'm yeah. like, yo, from the promos to the to the hugs in the ring like it tells one complete story and you're like oh i get this now and uh i'm gonna do the annoying thing before we get to kind of the rumble recap do you have a rush more mm. oh man um let's see so like as a young person i loved the undertaker like as a you know kid who is like deep into like um scary religious shit obviously that was completely <laughs> on point for me like you're a telling me dies all the time and comes back i love it zombie <laughs> yeah, mortician yeah. would later wave an american flag a little sure, on yeah. point but yes <laughs> once the motorcycle showed up i was like okay i'm out on this guy and then once he started speaking like out of character i'm like oh boy i'm way out on this guy <laughs> but i mean like you know mount rushmore is like inherently it's going to include like this is the thing about a mount rushmore it's not just who do you like now right right it's like it's it's got to tell the the whole story right so like you have to go on there warts and all Mm -hmm. um i was a huge jeff hardy fan um like for just very obvious reasons um like just the coolest guy in the world who in hindsight is like we thought that was cool um (laughs) (laughs) which 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 when you talk about wrestling you do that a lot you do that like that was cool like wait a second was that cool The athleticism is incredible. The um, the 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 charisma, the uh, you know, all that stuff, and like the ability to tell a story by just jumping off of something. Um, the pants, no. I wish he'd updated the pants at least twenty years ago, and I wish you know he'd um, had more people in his corner telling him to get it together in his personal life and all that. Jeff Hardy's got to go up there. I think Becky's got to go up there. Like, like change there's a it, lot of women it. who have done a lot for women's wrestling. But, like, I would not be anywhere near as into it right now if my kid wasn't. And she wouldn't right. care if women weren't taken seriously. And, like, Becky was the one who wasn't just taken seriously, but was, like, forced her way to literally the top of the biggest wrestling company. Like, yeah, that that was what, probably my single favorite run. And it happened at the same time as the Kofi run. That was that was a great, great time. Um, but, yeah, Becky would have to go on there. And then the fourth one... Um, that's tough. One of my nieces is a big Otis fan. Uh, I'll just put Otis on there for her. <laughs> That's, that is a fantastic Mount Rushmore. Um, so Royal Rumble, we had a, a fantastic event last weekend. Uh, it was in Florida. 
Let's talk about like as the four matches on the card. The first for me is my favorite woman rumble of all time. Yeah. I, I've been like sitting with it for almost a week now. I'm just like, I everything was so well booked. The ending with the four women on the side watching Bailey celebrate, like that last shot with like I think it's Tiffany Stratton, Jade, Bianca, and uh, Becky. Like you're just like, oh, they built the future while the play was in the air. Oh no! And 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 with Bailey getting her 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 moment as the final horsewoman to kind of she was the fat the last one called up, the last one to win the big titles. She was the last she'd be the last one to get a WrestleMania moment just due to injury and circumstance, and so. I really enjoyed the storytelling there. Was that was that like a highlight for your? I, I I'm very excited to have a son. I'm very excited. My son's going to be a knucklehead and <laughs> tons of things. But like to have your daughter like watching Jordan Grace come in and just the pop in your own home must have been fantastic. <laughs> oh man, yeah. She, like it, it was very. It was like established. Like I just know how she works. When she sees yeah. like big muscle lady, she's like that that's who I want to be. <laughs> like Jordan Grace comes out and Jade Cargo comes out and my kids Good like. Lord. Now, to me, this is storytelling, you know. <laughs> <laughs> this is art. <laughs> this, to me, is cinema. Um, but, yeah, like, the ending was, you know, everyone sort of, it's the thing where in wrestling, in hindsight, everyone knew Bailey was going to win. That's our way of saying yeah. we all wanted, ba- you know, the crowd <laughs> wanted Bailey to win. So, yes. in hindsight, it feels inevitable. Um, you know, if, if Vince is booking, that means Bailey oh, doesn't man. win. But Triple H is, uh, is more attuned to those things. But it was the thing where it's like you look and who's in there. Like Bianca's still in there. Becky's still in there. And then a bunch of young people are in there, right? So it's like mm-hmm. there's, there's three potential winners. That means they're going to get down to the, the main three. You know, the, the kids are going to go out and then the, and then yeah. the grown folks are going to handle business. But no, <laughs> that's not how they did it. They did it in like boom, 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 burst. Very and sudden, like, very... It, it was, I've never it was seen a, that It was a unique way, way to book a rumble. I hadn't really seen a yeah. rumble booked that way in a while. And I think it was it Liv was the second to last out. Liv was the last. She got the yeah, big pop because yeah. she's been out since she got popped for Meryl for the weed cartridge in her car. Yeah, for for being a normal <laughs> Floridian. For being, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, and it, and it was this moment of like, I mean, they they gave her the big uh, the big thirty spot entrance. It is a comeback. Like we know the company likes her. Mm-hmm. Like maybe they're giving her the spot. Like it, it was well done to plant that just a little bit of doubt. But like you said, all the debuts, all the uh, call ups. It was. Like the whole last half of it was like, oh my god, there's so much talent in the ring. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and then and then Bailey getting the spot. It was like, I mean, me and my kid have talked about like, hey, like let's let's say you know, let's say with with Punk off the card, let's say Bailey ends up in the main event of Saturday night. Let's say she wins, and let's say the inflatable two buddies go up, right? Like, there's gonna be. 10,000, probably tens of thousands of adults crying about inflatable tube buddies if that were to happen. <laughs> Count me among them, Jason, because I, I, it, it was it was one of those things that were like, as soon as that Monday night spot with Nia Jax happened, I was like, oh, man. Oh, man. We're going to have damage control versus Bailey. She's going to need a friend. I hope Mercedes didn't sign that contract yet. Like, it's just one of those like, oh, man, I really hope she didn't sign that contract because Say what you will about you know Tony and his business down there, and then not moving two thousand tickets for last for yesterday's dynamite. But he sat with Jade for three years, and she became a bigger star in this mania, like very scripted, very like we're gonna make you look huge moment. And that I was just like, oh man, that's that one hurt me. I was like, I'm cheering for AW. I think both companies being viable is a good thing, but that was the moment where I was like, well, if I was a woman and I wanted to know where I should go, I'll tell you where I wouldn't decide to. To, to go take my talents yeah i mean you just the machine is the machine you know like oh man i i, I like i think aw is i i i 
it's it's a point where it's like I can't watch all of it, you know. So I'm gonna watch what There's my so many awesome so shows. And I try to keep up with AEW, but it's like you know, I I I, I hope they do awesome. And I hope they're around forever, and I hope they're mm-hmm. like a strong competitor and all that. But at the same time, it's like. Cody shows up and in eight seconds. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, this is where he belongs. Jade just stands there, and it's Jade. like, yes, her, yes, good. The music hit, and the place went up. I was like, oh, <laughs> Tony's gonna be tweeting a lot tonight. Someone get his phone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's. I mean, the machine is the machine, and um, I don't know. Like, well, let's stick with the machine for a second because the machine has been producing some pretty reliable talents as of late. Logan Paul in a ring with Kevin Steen is a sentence <laughs> that is thought? weird that could end in like ladder wars at Mania. Like we're gonna get another match. So the way it ended, I'm just like, wait a second, you guys could really let Kevin Steen be Kevin Steen, and that's a little terrifying. Yeah, and I mean, like, it's hilarious how much talent there is in that duo, and yeah. like, you know, Kevin Kevin Owens, who like like to be, you know, uh. To be fair to the way he would be perceived by the average person just tuning in, they would not think like, "Oh, I bet that dude's an incredible athlete." You know, they they would they would judge him in all sorts of ways, but like, no, he's one of the best pro wrestlers in the world, and unfortunately, so is Logan Paul. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love the it. fact that he tried to come in as a baby face and was like, "I don't want to be booed," and then like within two months, was like, "I get it. All right, cool. This is where the money is. I'll do it. <laughs> I'll do it. I can even push the product some more, and they'll hate me more for it." But it still gets my. I yeah. forget what the, I'm gonna learn. The thing about having a son at this age is that I've been able to tap out of a lot of pop culture that I'm oh, going to have yeah. to tap back into in the next five to seven years. Get ready to learn YouTube, buddy. <laughs> I, oh man. I see commercials for people. I'm like, I have no idea who that is. I have <laughs> no, and I know we're, we're part of the, we're the demo now. I got usher at the halftime show, not complaining, but yeah, man, I, look, I like being in nostalgia zone. I don't I'm like having to learn too. who Mr. They Beast think is. I've got money. These fools, you idiots. <laughs> Wrong again. Um, Universal title match. I thought it was fine. I thought it was, I thought it never really got into fourth gear. Yeah. And that's, and, and that's something you can't say a lot about this reign with Roman. Honestly, he's done a very good job of making each time that he wrestles, however occasional, feel like a big deal. And it felt like, I don't know, it just didn't really hit for me. The same with the men's rumble. Like, I thought the pacing was weird. I thought, particularly on the heels of how well I thought they scripted the end of that women's rumble. For this one to end in a protracted singles match of Cody and Punk, where neither man is like Cody more so. But Punk's big appeal has never been, watch this work, Rick. CM Punk's going to put on for you guys. It's, it's, <laughs> right. it's always based on the emotion he elicits from you when he does his thing. And so for you to say, all right, we've had an hour wrestling. Now Punk and Cody are going to wrestle like a WWE-style main event, like multiple finishers. Like, wait a second. I... It's very late, sirs. Can we please go home? <laughs> just bring what? Just bring Gunther, Gunther back. Like, why don't, why don't we just run that back? This is so good the first time. Yeah, yeah. It works the giant Austrian. Why are we yeah. overthinking this? <laughs> yeah, you... I mean, it had some moments. It was completely outshone by the women's. No, no, no doubt about outshone. it. And it's it's far from the worst Rumble, but you know, oh. it's I won't remember a whole lot of it. Bronze debut. Um, Braun getting, getting the nakedly Brock Lesnar spots. Yes, yes. Which, you know, <laughs> hey, stare down with Omos. I'm like, this doesn't work the way you thought it was going to work with the other guy. This is different because I right. don't like it. You're just adjusting your adjusting your sight line a little bit, but <laughs> but I mean, yeah, like like it's cool to see him up there um, mm-hmm. as a as an alumni of my university. Might I add? Um, <laughs> All right. So <laughs> as Mania season approaches, you and your daughter are going. I'm very jealous. Um, it's our greatest season, as I've always said. 
Are you ready for Cody to finish the story? <laughs> um, I I feel like my, the main thing is like how they land um the plane because like my gosh, this is a fully laden plane, right? And the yes. runway was clear a year ago. And yes. I wasn't one who was like, that's the wrong move. At the time, I was like, that's the funniest shit I've ever seen. Boy, I, let's see how they pull this one off. Uh, this is daring. And like, they've like sort of done the usual wrestling thing where it's like this wildly bend over backward effort to keep the thing afloat, you know? Like clearly out of stuff for Roman to do other than rock. Right. And like, um, at times out of stuff for Cody to do, you know, mm. and like, so he just comes out and all the other good guys tell him how much they like him and it's okay. We get it. We get it. They, <laughs> everyone's friends. Um, but like, it feels like what they might be building toward. And you know, I'm not the only person who's suggesting this and it feels like to me, it would be the smart ending would be, you know, it looks like we're going to repeat last year. Uh, and then we have an in-game moment <laughs> where, like, all of the people that the bloodline was <laughs> wronged, right? <laughs> and, and which they, you know, they all show up. They take. They out sign Danielson take... for a night. Bring back Claudio. Like, <laughs> He's back, come on, guys, get a, get a, get a European uppercut in here. <laughs> <laughs> which, like, think about it. I mean, they could just completely do, like, literally have rip off in-game. Have the dude in red, white, and blue. On his knees, defeated, stands up. He's he's woozy. He's ready to go one more round. And then who should appear but none other than Jimmy Uso, Jay Uso. Before the whichever Netflix Uso deal. is good now. I Before the Netflix, the blue Uso, not red Uso. That's yeah, silly. Yeah. Um, Yeet Uso. Yeet, not no Yeet. Um, before the Netflix deal, I would have said you're crazy because but now knowing that they want a content universe like they could have like this is the multiverse for cody one like they could right. have what if the rest what if wwe and just do that forever yeah that's good yeah i'll i'll, I'll the what if roman wins again that's the one i'll <laughs> log into that'll be my multiverse like i just really want to y'all made this mess i really want to see how it plays out my booking solution remains the rock stop solo from interfering yeah because yeah. solo's always been like i'm here at the behalf of the elders and then we get the Roman Rock super fight like on Fight Island or whatever the hell Dana White wants to do with it. I don't know <laughs> what the next plan is, but yeah. um, are you mentally prepared to hear a building go insane for the Rock? Yeah, yeah. I okay. mean, yeah. I hope it happens. I um, like, it's funny. Like my kid, you know, because like now I view everything through her prism. Like she's never seen the Rock wrestle. Like yeah. she's never gone back and watched him in one of his old matches. She knows him as an actor, you know. Um, and like, I think I've showed her like a couple of his old promos or whatever. And she's like, he says a lot of weird stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I, don't know I, know. Why, I don't know why you saying she knows him as an actor tickled me as much as it did. <laughs> but like, all I can see is the Madison Square Garden Survivor Series debut with like the tassels. And I'm like, that man is a thespian. You don't respect him. <laughs> Artiste he is. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Um, well, you mentioned him earlier. And I got I to gotta wonder, does... Have, does covering college football prepare you for things that not, nothing prepares you for, but like finding out people in charge are bad people? Does college football mm. mentally prepare you for college football and religion? Yeah, mentally prepare you for that? Like, oh, or, excuse me, the world and being a certain age. Does that mentally prepare you for like kind of nothing gets you ready for what you heard about Vince, but like without going too deep into it? I started listening to the Behind the Bastards podcast, oh, the God, episodes yeah. on Vince. Have you heard them? 
I haven't listened, but I read um, Ringmaster by Josie Reisman, which is which is a lot of the source material. Brutal. So brutal. I'm not going to go into the podcast, and if you want to, it was released, I believe, last June. It's still in the archives. The the this is a long running podcast that talks about bad people. The only other person to get a six part episode is Kissinger. Yeah. And I was like, wait, that's, and that's before this. Yeah. Yeah. Like they have enough for a seventh episode. They have enough to break Kissinger's record. Yeah. Kissinger goes down. Kissinger goes down. (laughs) Um, I bring that up because DJ Durkin's back in like a prominent position at like a prominent school. And like he was, I guess, where was he last year? Um, Elsewhere in the SEC. He's bounced around the SEC for, who was he at A&M? Was it? Oh, yeah, he was Jimbo hired him, and after Lane hired him, and I'm just like, "Am I crazy? <laughs> like, am I, mean, I nuts?" Because it's one thing for them to say we're taking this guy we don't like, but he's good at his job, right? And DJ Durkin at no turn, and you look at the guy who hired him, and you're just like, "I didn't mean for this to be a cross section of your book and football, no, but it seems to be a cross section of your book and football." It's a direct, so direct, yeah. Is this the Hugh Freeze kind of, I'm going to put my thumb in your eye behind this kind of thing? Is that the hiring? Is that the entire purpose of hiring DJ Durkin? I don't think so exactly. I think it is Hugh Freeze trying to sell, trying to t- retell a version of the story that he tells about himself. The story he's going to tell about himself is, I have put in the work and I have been redeemed. This community has found me worthy of uh, forgiveness and therefore I've been forgiven. This community being a bunch of other rich white guys. Um, you know, like uh, everything bad I've ever done to anyone, I prayed real hard. So therefore those people didn't have bad things done to them by me anymore retroactively in God's eyes. Right. <laughs> and not, none, of this, none of this makes any sense. None of this is biblical. None of, you know, none of this is legit in any way, but it's, no. it's the story. So what the story he wants to tell is, and now I'm going to pass that forgiveness along to someone else. Oh, now, he's DJ paying this Durkin, forward? Yes. Yeah. I completely, completely believe that's what it is. Like, I forgive just as I have been forgiven. Like, I completely believe that's what this wow. is. That's the story that's being told here, to be clear. And to be clear, we are in kayfabe. <laughs> <laughs> working himself into, like, I say working himself into a shoot so much. I use wrestling to, like, <laughs> describe so many things in my life. It's almost, I have it'd be to embarrassing. myself all the time. <laughs> <laughs> my wife's just getting mad at someone. You got to no-sell them. She's like, what? If you got to no-sell like, Yes. You can't, no if you sell. no-sell it, they will stop. I guarantee that's they're only like, doing it for your reaction. Yeah, there was a... Uh, the, like the the kid got into like a weird social situation. I'm just just don't sell it, you know. <laughs> and she knows what I mean. That's the beautiful part. <laughs> the other one all the time is like when you just accept that you feel good about the thing and you don't worry about like is this cringe, is this whatever. It's yeah. you're marking out. It's cool to mark out sometimes. Hey, enjoy it. That's why we're here. Um, Georgia serving beer. I haven't been to a Georgia game in person <laughs> since Notre Dame, and. I think this is objectively a terrible idea. And the question becomes, how much money could the Georgia Athletic Department actually need? Need? Uh, well, I mean, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I can't ask that of the man who's donating the proceeds of his book to some people who actually do need it. It's a poorly framed question on my part. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're going to make a lot, and a lot of terrible decisions will be made. And, uh, and then those people will need um, money to be bailed out of jail. And so the economy will be thriving. Because and by God, Georgia's got a law school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, there you go. Get them get coming and going. Paying for itself. Um, all right, so you're how old are you? How old is your daughter? She is 15. 15. 
I don't know anything about your cheering. What are you? What schools are you a fan of? I went to Kennesaw State University. Go out. Um, same as same as Braun Breaker, and uh, yeah, we we did not have football at the time. Immediately after I left, we got football and like started going okay. the FCS playoffs and whatever. And so it's like, oh, that's cool for those people. Um, but you know, it's <laughs> like I, you know, I've always I've always been a, a respecter and an enjoyer of FCS football. So uh, so it was fun to like have a rooting interest in the FCS playoffs like every year for like four or five years. Um, now they're moving up, which, well, we'll see how that goes. We're going to Liberty's conference. Don't feel great about that. Don't feel great about sharing money with Liberty, but, uh, I don't know. Maybe we'll go to the Boca Raton bowl every now and then. <laughs> so I've got a really, con- a really big concern. Cause I went to Columbia. I played at Columbia, but my son's not going to be like inundated with Ivy league football. I don't, I wouldn't do that to him. So he's probably going to end up a Georgia fan because I'm essentially a Georgia supporter. My question is how do I raise a child? to not be annoying Bama kid because he's coming to a world off back-to-back titles and he doesn't have a Jim Donnan to like bring him back down to earth. He didn't have my childhood of Steve Sprayer kicking me in the teeth every fall to but really build the character of never trusting good things in my life. <laughs> I don't know what future is ahead of this child because is the most tenured coach not named Kirby Smart in the SEC? Who? Like what? I, I I don't want to sound cocky, and, and I, I know I do essentially sound cocky, but as trying to be a logical Georgia fan, I'm like, uh-oh, this could be, like, really dangerous. Just because when you're moving things around a lot, you disturb continuity, and when you have someone new come in, you've got to rebuild those bridges. And as Spur used to say about Philip Fulmer, they never talk about Kirby for those big jobs, do that. Kirby's not leaving. Nobody's calling. He, he's, a, he's a tick. He's entrenched. And, like, so – this, for the foreseeable future, while everyone else does this whole musical chairs of we should win in two years, and it it, it, it took uh, Harbaugh nine, but who cares? Da, da, da. Like the steady lighthouse on the shore will be Georgia football, which yeah. I'm not used wow. to in my lifetime. Wow. <laughs> or anyone ever. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like like the Georgia's previous runs at the top were not lengthy. They you were know? always flashes in the pan and like, look what we did that one time eight, yeah, 20 and, years ago. And just endless near misses and, and falling just short and all that stuff. Like Georgia actually being what Georgia should be is, uh, I mean, it's, it's, I would say it's unprecedented to this, you know, to this length of time. Uh, so yeah, you got a handful on you. Um, I mean, I would say that like focusing on not just the team, but the athletic department entire could help to, uh, <laughs> to keep young people humble but the basketball team's improving i don't like <laughs> look they've created a softball super conference like, i don't know yeah. what to say. like oklahoma and texas are coming in the entire leagues go I, I can't be like and here's where georgia's bad at things things no i'll have yeah. to be like well we're gonna go watch 1a football in in, in somewhere in south georgia why because we have to you have to see how football can be yeah that's it yeah yeah <laughs> like get a get a secondary I, I know what it is just just uh make them watch the atlanta falcons there done <sighs> I won't play. I was a lifelong Falcons fan. I was in. I did 98. I did 28 to 3. I did 28 to 3 in a Patriots bar talking shit to my friend who owned the bar. Yeah. And um, when they chased Deshaun, they chased the rapist with no backup plan. And I was like, I'm out. This is bad decisions. This is bad money after bad money. I'm now uh, Rob Lowe with the NFL hat. I have fun every Sunday. (laughs) I watch great games. I enjoy myself. And I, after all the good that Georgia brings in my life on Saturdays, how dare I spit in their face by watching the Falcons? 
That's a good. How do I, how do you sully those eyeballs? <laughs> I mean, my thing is like honestly, after twenty eight three, the Falcons are just like that's Sunday comedy hour. That's that's what I'm here for. I just I'm just here to see some cool shit I've never seen before. And cool isn't funny. <laughs> I'm just here to see like, oh, that's a new way to lose a game. That's interesting. And I and got I, to see it because I watched the whole thing. That's you know what, and that's the those years where it was like, here's the win expectancy, and it would just fall off a cliff in the last three. You're like, how did that even happen? Like strategic, like just mathematically, this shouldn't have happened three weeks in a row. But that's the Falcons. Yeah, you just look at the win expectancy at the very end. You're like, wow, someone didn't cook here. <laughs> but, <laughs> and and it's it's wild because the Falcons have been in two Super Bowls since the Cowboys have been to a conference title game, mm. and I'm willing to walk away. And Cowboys fans are just like. Bring back Mike McCarthy. We need the stability <laughs> of slant routes. <laughs> like, I don't know what the plan is, but the one team that's a sadder team, the Falcons, did the saddest thing possible because these Los Angeles Chargers, which I have to focus and say, hired GM Harbaugh. And unless they're willing to not be annoyed with him in 10 years, like Michigan clearly was, this isn't going to go well. It just historically hasn't gone well. Maybe it will. Maybe Jim Harbaugh is a completely different person. Maybe I'm super wrong. Maybe we wouldn't have to talk to adults in a way that wouldn't have him leaving San Francisco before his contract was up after going to the Super Bowl. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he doesn't end up back at Michigan in four years. Whatever. I could be wrong. But let's pretend that I'm not and ask ourselves, what is the logical – they're not going to win the Super Bowl. It's the Chargers. It's the There's Chargers. a curse there that's bigger than Jim Harbaugh. I think the thing with him is, uh, can you survive like three years with him? Because if you can do that, then maybe you're willing to keep him around long enough for him to win. But it's adjusting to that personality is gonna. (laughs) Are you sure you're in for this? You know, are you sure you're tough enough? Are you a bad enough dude to employ Jim Harbaugh? But like, I think once you get past the um, the very intense acclimation period, that. I don't know. I feel like he's earned. I feel like he's earned some trust, you know. Um, but I also get like he's a lot. Like he almost lost his job at Michigan before the COVID. Like it's not like this was smooth sailing, direct, direct no. line, elevator to the top. Like it was fraught with like, should we fire this guy? And what are we doing? And why is he here? And wait, I thought he was a whisper for quarterbacks. When he ruins Justin Herbert, it makes him super unfun. I want everyone to remember what I said about Shea Patterson and every other quarterback that went to Michigan and became unfun. Yeah. It's tough. Cause like you got Herbert and then what else do they got? Like oh, we have this sense that like, Oh, that roster's, that roster's loaded. And it's like, ah, I don't know. I don't, I don't think they are. I don't think I'm excited true. for him spending the night at Stefan Diggs' house to convince him to sign with the uh, Chargers. <laughs> that's going to be a really, really big deal. Which Jason, did, thank you uh, so much. Oh, go ahead. Talk. Sorry. sorry. Well, I was just gonna say that I, I I read in a story in the Athletic the other day. Uh, that's what he did with uh, Sharon Moore when he was hiring Sharon Moore. He's like, "Hey, spay the night at the facility." So apparently, it's his move. Wait, 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 wait! The grown ass <laughs> man who's now the coach <laughs> yeah. of Michigan football. Yeah, yeah. Harbaugh was like, "Yeah, just crash here. Just uh, I'll go find you some clothes." <laughs> he came back with a cheeseburger and a big glass of milk. Yeah. This will this will get you straight to bed. <laughs> <laughs> Jason, I really do appreciate you coming on here. Um, I would say uh, do ads for the Atlanta show, but that sold out in like 27 minutes. So yeah. uh, do you have anything else you would like to plug besides the wonderful book? Hell is uh, a place without you. Is that what it's called? Hell is a world without you. A world without you. God, it's interesting. I hear place a lot. It's interesting. It's interesting that people go place. I might need to add a subtitle that's like Hell is a world without you. <laughs> it's the same AKA, title with a different AKA word. AKA place. <laughs> or it could be a place. You Really, it's kind of a choose your own adventure thing. <laughs> 
hell is a location of some sort without you um yeah i'm on the shutdown forecast i also have a podcast with my wife called the vacation bible school podcast uh edit newsletters for the athletic i think that's i think those are my the extent of my uh engagements <laughs> i think i'm gonna have to because my wife is a heathen her son description I may have to tap into the Vacation Bible School podcast just so I'll be like, look, I, what I was raised with, I wasn't, I'm not the only one who knows these things. I'm not the only one <laughs> who can who can tell you what book that's from. This is other people who are also poisoned. So the two of you could listen to our episode with Felder and Ryan Nanny because Felder says a lot of things similar to what you've been saying. Exciting time. That's not a stamp of approval. That's, sorry, that's sorry. kind of, that's, well, <laughs> now let me go see if my therapist is busy later today. That's going to require a session. Um, again, thanks for coming on. Make sure you guys go out and buy the book from Amazon and all fine book purveyors. Again, all proceeds prior to the Atlanta show will be given to the Trevor Project. Really um, outstanding uh, work that they do here for people who are most in need. Uh, that was your show. We'll be back on Monday with an NBA catch-up because did you know the NBA started? It's like February and the NBA has been going. Doc Rivers is hired again because no one learns anything and nothing ever changes. That was your show. There is no outro. See you guys next week.